Exodus chapter 33. We'll read the first 11 verses tonight of Exodus 33. Exodus chapter 33, starting in verse 1. The Lord spoke to Moses, Go, leave here, you and the people you brought up from the land of Egypt, to the land I promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, saying, I will give it to your offspring. I will send an angel ahead of you and will drive out the Canaanites, Amorites, Hittites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. Go up to a land flowing with milk and honey. But I will not go with you because you are a stiff-necked people. Otherwise, I might destroy you on the way. When the people heard this bad news, they mourned and didn't put on their jewelry. For the Lord said to Moses, Tell the Israelites, You are a stiff-necked people. If I went with you for a single moment, I would destroy you. Now take off your jewelry, and I will decide what to do with you. So the Israelites remained stripped of their jewelry from Mount Horeb onward. Now Moses took, excuse me, now Moses took a tent and set it up outside the camp, far away from the camp. He called it the tent of meeting. Anyone who wanted to consult the Lord would go to the tent of meeting. That was outside the camp. Whenever Moses went out to the tent, All the people would stand up, each one at the door of his tent, and they would watch Moses until he entered the tent. When Moses entered the tent, the pillar of cloud would come down and remain on the entrance to the tent, and the Lord would speak with Moses. As all the people saw the pillar of cloud remaining at the entrance to the tent, they would stand up, then bow and worship, each one at the door of his tent. The Lord spoke with Moses face to face just as a man speaks with his friend. Then Moses would return to the camp, but his assistant, the young man Joshua, son of Nun, would not leave the inside of the tent. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for these words, and I pray that there is something that, that, that we can learn from these words today, that we can, that we can get that's going to affect our life, that's going to help our life, dear Lord, as we learn from what happened to the Israelites and the things that they did, dear Lord. And God, I pray that you just help me to preach and teach in a way that's going to be beneficial to us. God, just help the Holy Spirit to help some words to come out of my mouth that are going to be good. Something that's going to grab our attention, dear Lord, that's going to draw us closer to you. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, we had just read in chapter 32 for the last few weeks, we had saw that the Israelites had made the golden calf. They had sinned. Aaron had let them sin in that way. Uh, God was angry with the people. Uh, Moses was angry with the people. Uh, But God relented. Moses stood up. He interceded on behalf of the people. And God relented of the destruction that he wanted to bring on to the people. Then Moses gave the people the option, if you want to be with the Lord, come over here. And some of them chose to follow the Lord, but some did not. There were 3,000 that were killed that day, and then a plague came on the people. Now that's what we saw when we finished off chapter 32. There was some punishment there 
for the people and their disobedience. Now, some lost their life because they weren't willing to turn from their uh, lifestyle of sin to the Lord. Even the ones who did uh, turn to the Lord that were still alive, they still faced the consequences. But God was still patient with them. He was still going to be with them and lead them into the promised land. And that's what we see in the verses here tonight. The Lord spoke to Moses, Go leave here, you and the people you brought from the land of Egypt to the land I promised, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, saying, I will give it to your offspring. Now God says in the next verse, in verse 2, I will send an angel ahead of you and will drive out all the people that are inhabiting the land. Now there was lots of people who were going to be living or were living in this promised land that God was giving to his people. And he was sending his angel ahead of them to let them know, look, I'm still going to, to, to be with you in some way as you are going to go in and take over this promised land. He says in verse 3, Go up to a land flowing with milk and honey, but I will not go with you because you are a stiff-necked people. Otherwise, I might destroy you on the way. Now, God is obviously still upset with the people. I don't know if upset's a good word to use there. He's angry, upset, not happy with, whatever we choose to call it. There's something going on there. God is still not too happy with what had went on with the people. Now, he's not telling them he's not going to allow them to go into the promised land. He says, I want you to go on into the land that's flowing with milk and honey, but I'm not going to go with you because I need to keep my distance right now because God was still obviously upset with the people of Israel. So he says, I want you to go on your way. I'm going to send my angel uh, before you, but I myself will not be with you, will not be too close to you because I'm afraid I may destroy you. And listen to the people's response here in verse 4. When the people heard this bad news, they mourned, and didn't put on their jewelry. Now, isn't that interesting? The people realized what they were losing there. Now, if you just look at the here and now and the materialistic things, they were still going to a wonderful land. They were still going to be blessed by God. They were still going to a land flowing with milk and honey. But what they were missing here, and they realized that, is that they were missing the presence of God. They were missing that close relationship with God. And even though they were still going to receive God's blessing, there was nothing that can make up for the fact that God's presence was not on them in the same way. That relationship had been fractured. That relationship with God wasn't as close as it should be. And the people recognized that. And as a result of that, they mourned. When they heard the bad news, they were sad about that news. In verse 5, For the Lord said to Moses, Tell the Israelites, You are a stiff-necked people. If I went with you for a single moment, I would destroy you. Now take off your jewelry, and I will decide what to do with you. So the Israelites remained stripped of their jewelry from Mount Horeb onward. And so the people, uh, it was an outward showing. Uh, they, they took off their jewelry as the Lord commanded. They weren't happy with their possessions and the things that they had, even though the possessions in and of themselves may not have been a bad thing. And even though they were on their way still to the promised land, even though God was sending an angel before them uh, to help drive out their enemies, their relationship with God was not what it should be. Now, the same could be true for our lives too. Now, if we accept Jesus Christ, we are a child of God. Now, we oftentimes pray that God would bless us or God would meet our needs or God would help us to do that or God would help us to get that. And many times, God does bless us. 
Now, there may be many things in our life that God has blessed us with or many ways that God has blessed us, maybe not materialistically, but there are lots of different ways that we can receive God's blessing. But there are also times that even though we may be blessed and we may have everything we need, that we just feel a certain emptiness there. We feel uh, just something's not right there. We just feel a void. We just don't feel very happy. We just don't feel very joyful. And sometimes it's for the very same reason that the Israelites experienced it. Even though that they were uh, had experienced lots of blessings from God before, also some, some punishment there, but, but ultimately they were going to make it to a land flowing of milk and honey and they were going to experience great blessings in the future, at least at this point. It was, it was appearing as though that was going to be the case before their further disobedience. But, but, but even though these blessings were in their life, their, their joy and their happiness wasn't there because the presence of God wasn't there. And when they knew that that relationship with God wasn't as close as it should be, they were mournful about it. They were sad about it. They didn't like hearing that bad news. And the same can be true for us in our life. Sometimes we may get so focused on the blessings that we want God to give us or the blessings that God has given us already that our relationship with God is not what it should be. Sometimes we care more about the gift than the giver. Of course God blesses us, and we praise the Lord for that. But we never want the things that we have in our life, whether they're material or experiences that we have, whatever they may be, we don't want those things to pull us away from God because our relationship with God should be first and foremost. That should be most important to us. We should never look at God as just one who is going to meet our needs, one who we can pray to, oh God, help this to get better, oh God, give me this. Yes, God does do those things sometimes, but that shouldn't be our view of God. First and foremost, our view of God should be that we want to follow Him and serve Him, and we want to love Him, and we want to be obedient to Him, regardless of whether He blesses us or not. He does sometimes bless us. Sometimes He gives us the things we want. Other times we may not get those things, but those things should not affect our relationship with God. Because we can have all the money in the world and all the things in the world and every experience we have can fall into place, but if our relationship with God is not good, then we just kind of feel empty. We just don't feel that joy. If our relationship with God is not what it should be, if we're not worshiping the Lord, if we're not praying to the Lord, if we're not in good relationship with Him by reading His Word and by seeking to serve Him, it doesn't matter what we have. We are not going to be happy. But when we are content with the Lord, when we are fully uh, focused on Him, when we are being obedient to Him, and we are living by His will, boy, when that happens in our life, it doesn't matter what else we have. If, we, if everything's going good for us, we still love the Lord the same. If everything's going bad for us, we still love the Lord the same. And so our contentment with the Lord must be based on the Lord based on who the Lord is, based on that He is a good and loving God that is worthy of our praise. And when we worship God for that reason and that reason alone, for the fact that He sent His Son Jesus Christ to die on us, when we, when we put God at the, at the center of our focus, and that is, that is what drives us, just that we want to worship and praise Him, it doesn't matter what's going on around us, good or bad, we will love the Lord just the same. But there may be things in our life even now that we've put before God. Some things that we've put too much emphasis on. And we're mad at God maybe because things aren't going good. 
Or maybe things are going great, but you still, you just don't feel any joy. You don't feel any happiness. And it may be because your relationship with God is not where it should be. It may be just like the Israelites. There's some sin in your life that has separated you from God. And yeah, you're, you're experiencing God's blessings, things that God has given to you. And it's not that God has abandoned you and is never going to bless you again, as in the case of the Israelites. He desired to still bless them. But in that moment, their sin had broken and fractured that relationship. It wasn't completely severed, but it was fractured and it affected them. And sometimes the same thing happens to us. Sometimes we, we have been following God and we've, we've come a long way with God just like the Israelites had. God had, had brought them a long way out of Egypt. He had brought them through a lot of things. He had spared them. He had blessed them. He had also got on to them a little bit. He had punished them. But God had brought them a long way. And the same may be true for us. God has brought us a long way once we enter into a relationship with Him through Jesus Christ. God's brought us through a lot of ups and downs along the way. And God is going to bring us a lot further if we continue to seek Him and we continue to love Him and we continue to serve Him. But maybe you're in a spot tonight, I don't know anybody's heart, you all may be doing great with the Lord. I hope you are. But if you're not, then we need to, we need to learn from the Israelites here and learn from their, from their attitude here. They were heartbroken. They were sad. They were, they, were, they, were, they were not happy about this news that has taken place, that God was not going to be with them in the same way that He had in the past. But the good thing about it is, look, if we humble ourselves before the Lord, if we repent of our sinfulness, if we acknowledge that, look, God, I hadn't, been, I hadn't been giving you the attention that you deserve. I haven't been praising you, God. I've been more concerned about what I want. Or I've been more concerned, God, about what you can do for me. But, God, I'm not going to make it about me, and I'm not going to make it about what I have, whether it's good or whether it's bad, whether it's a lot or whether it's a little. We, like Paul said, we need to learn how to be content. With everything that we got, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. He's learned that secret to being content, and we need to learn that secret to being content. And that is being content with Jesus Christ and being in good relationship with Him and being a faithful follower of Him. And when we are, everything else will fall into place. And when we're not, our situation may look similar to the Israelites. So if you got something in your life that's messed your relationship up with God, it's kind of got you off track, you need to go to the Lord, spend some time praying to Him, spend some time in the Word, seek Him out, and I promise you, you will find Him. Let's pray. <clears throat> Father God, we come to You tonight, and I thank You for uh, these words, and I thank You for uh, just letting us have Your words to learn from, to grow from, dear Lord God. And I, we make the same mistakes that the Israelites make and that so many others have made, God, in the world before us. And dear Lord, I pray that you help us to learn from our foolishness, dear Lord, that we don't just keep doing the same uh, stupid things over and over, dear Lord. And I pray that you will help us to have a strong relationship with you to God. Help us to, to be obedient to you. Help us to be in your word. Help us to be uh, in good fellowship with you, dear Lord, to praise you, to worship you. God, we ask you for things all the time, and I believe you want us to do that, but that can't be the only thing that's in our relationship, dear Lord. So God, help us just to love you for who you are, because God, you are worthy of our praise, you are worthy of our love, and God, we thank you for the ways you bless us and what you do for us, but dear Lord, help us to seek you so that we can be close to you, dear Lord, that we can feel that joy that comes only from just being content with you and being in love with you, dear Lord. 
and help us to be in love with you. If you're not, maybe the, the flame's kind of kind of flittering for some of us, dear Lord, but I pray that you ignite our passion for you, dear Lord, that you keep us on fire for you, and that you keep our, keep our joy in our heart, dear Lord, if, that, that we would be obedient to you and be faithful servants to you. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.